This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Jack Fritz. The Phillies won a road series, buddy. The Phillies won a road series. We're back. Yeah. And, like, today was the most getaway day baseball game I think I've seen in my life. It was the most predictable performance in the history of baseball. (laughs) I actually – I mean, if I could have bet my life on what the Phillies were going to do today, they did what I would have bet on. Really? See, dude, I woke up today and I was like, feels like a sweep. Now, <laughs> I, I was like a carbon copy no. of, the, of game three in Atlanta, the Huascaranoa game. Like, same game. McCutcheon, the home run in the first. This time he steals home in the first. Which was, and that was it. Which and was fun. And Nola gave up four in the first. Eflin gave up four in the first. It's literally the same game. Yeah. Honestly, I gotta be honest. The uh, the the Kutch double steal of home was like I I was like that's baseball. Let's get let's get back to that. I was so, I was so happy. I was so happy. Like, I was saying to myself, look, they're finding different ways to win. They got their ace on the hill today. Like this is great. Also, but there's a little difference between uh, Yanoa and and Patrick Corbin. Like Patrick Corbin stinks. Obviously, yeah. he had a nice little throw throwback performance today. Um, he didn't stink today, Jack. Yeah. No, no, was, he was, shut the was, Phillies the word, down. The word I think of with Patrick Corbin today was it was easy for Patrick Corbin today. Oh yeah, no, he did. He didn't break a sweat. Yeah, he didn't break a sweat at all. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, it wasn't a great day today. But I'm so mad at myself because I woke up. I was like, yeah, today feels like it. Today feels like a great day to sweep. I, I even tweeted it, which was a mistake because I oh, knew buddy. as soon as they lose, like, oh, see, you jinxed yep. them, like. First off, you morons, there's no such thing as a jinx, a mush, nothing. There's nothing that's not real. It doesn't happen. Sometimes I play into it with the feels like a lost thing, whatever. But, like, enough with the whole, oh, this one's on you. Shut up. Just shut up. Just get off Twitter, loser. Are, are you talking to someone else or to yourself there? Uh, it's, a, it's an internal conversation that I brought on <laughs> this podcast. Yeah. 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 It drives me crazy, dude. It's like there's there's only a couple things that drive me crazy on Twitter. It's it's being the, the mush thing. The this is on you. Uh, the the Mr. Rogers gift with the clown being called a clown. Like that's the stuff that I respond to. <laughs> I even I laid it. out a block today. I blocked someone today. So I don't. Really, what? Yeah. I don't really? really. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't really lay out blocks often, but it was like, dude. I got no blocks. Really? I just I've muted four people, and it's not even them. It's just they're like those people who retweet every single tweet that comes in their timeline, and it's literally there's I can't even get away from it. Right. But that's it. Right. Well, I'm not I'm not a blocker. I'm not a muter. I'm a scroll past. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're you know the one. Saying? You're the one. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Uh, quickly, quickly, important thing to start off with. Do you know what Monday is, Jack? Monday, Monday, Monday is another day. It's Jim Nance's birthday. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Happy birthday, Jim. Yes. Happy birthday. If we do a pot on Monday or Sunday, Monday's an off day, probably Monday. I'm going to wish you happy birthday again. I just wanted to get that out there in All case right. we don't. You never know. If they get swept by the Blue Jays, you might not hear from us for a couple of days. Yeah. You know how we do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Listen, we we, right, we ride the Phillies roller coaster better than anyone. When they're hot, we're yeah. hot. When they're cold, we're cold. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, it is pretty definitive. We can, we can know how we're going to be based on the Phillies. All right, let's go through the series. Yeah. Uh, nice win on Tuesday. Like we'll obviously get to to Wednesday, which was a a really exciting win and certainly felt like a loss. But Tuesday, I don't want to say it was a game where you could kick your feet up because you know it's the Phillies. We've had like one of those. That twelve yeah. two game in Atlanta yep. feels like the only game all season, literally. But but uh, Tuesday's game, it felt like as close to a kick your feet up kind of game as we're gonna get with the Phillies. Well, yeah, but then Hector had a like. I, mean, uh, uh, I know, but then Chase Anderson and then Joe Girardi and, and all. Girardi, that. Girardi almost made the worst decision of the Girardi era, which is saying a lot. Like it was, if they lost the game on Mon- uh, on Tuesday, worth like Girardi is getting smoked on Wednesday. Just like because did not to bat Chase Anderson who notoriously can't get through the fifth inning or can't get to the sixth inning or through the sixth inning. Uh, Also, more importantly, is horrendous if you let him face the lineup the third time. And, oh, what was coming up? Trey Turner in the top of the lineup. So, you know, that too. Right. Yeah. I mean, if that's what we're considering a kick the feet up game, boy, we've really we've really been through some tough games. Yes. As, as yes. Phil, yes. That was the whole point of my comment. Yeah. It's well, because like, even I was like, know, even I was like seventh and eighth inning. We 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 got insurance insurance runs, Jack. Yeah. Insurance runs. They got a couple. Of, they got a couple insurance runs this this series. I mean, what a concept. Sure makes me feel a lot better about the team when they're getting insurance runs. But yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, Chase Chase was really interesting on uh on 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 Tuesday. And I know we talk a lot about um, you know, game calling and and that kind of stuff. And and Chase, uh, JT and Chase just had a good game plan on on Tuesday. It was a lot of breaking balls, a lot of change-ups. Now, the thing with with Chase Anderson, obviously this is not breaking news, but like he needs to be able to locate those pitches. Like he was able to locate those pitches on Tuesday night, so he was good. Like it, it's pretty. It, that's about as simple as pitching analysis as we can get. Is he was able to he had a good feel for those pitches that night. He ended up being good. Like that's that's pretty much as simple as we can get. So, um, but honestly, I mean Chase Anderson has been fine. Like he's their number five. He gives them five innings. It's usually like less than three runs. He doesn't blow up, and um, yeah, he's. He's perfectly fine. Uh, would you say he's exactly what I said he was going to be? And that when I told you I had more confidence in Chase Anderson than Matt Moore and you you blanched at me, um, would you like to revise your statements um, in hindsight no, of any of that? Or? No, because I don't know if you've seen uh, Matt Moore out of the bullpen. But <laughs> yeah, he's a weapon. I don't think he's allowed to run yet. I mean, I know he blew the game. No, out, he did. Out. He blew the game, yeah. Yeah, but that wasn't that. Uh, runners on second base, so. It's hard. It's hard to say if that was his fault. We'll blame and yell for that one, right? And it, which is, I think, very fair. Um, all right, back to Tuesday. Um, the, let's get to that decision because I, I'm with you, man. In the moment, and it's one of those where it's like, oh, you can second guess in hindsight. It's like, no, 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 no. Everyone in the moment was saying, what the bleep is Joe Girardi doing? Like, it's Chase Anderson first and foremost, but it's a, a three nothing game with a team that has routinely blown leads that size. And you got bases loaded, no outs. And Alec Bohm on the bench with a left-handed pitcher on the hill, Jack. Like, what are we doing, man? Yeah, and I know I know Bummer's struggling a little bit. He's going through it. But, uh, I mean, he's still been dynamic with running the scoring position. And I feel like he does get the job done more often than not. So, um, yeah, it was just – it was one of those decisions. Like, Joe, come on, man. Like, like I know you're, you're, you're trying to get him through the inning, but you're also coming off a – a weekend and a day off where your bullpen is rested. The bullpen is rested heading into heading yep. into that game because uh, Matt Moore and 
Um, I forget who pitched Sunday, Sunday night in Atlanta. Ranger Suarez. Right, Suarez. right. Like those guys took down a ton of innings. So like your good guys were good. Like that's that's an example. Of, you know when Gabe used to talk about like uh, what was the term he used to use when it was, it was it was something like go time, right? Like like to kind of try to blow the game open. I forget what it was, but that was one of those where it's like, oh, Gabe would be looking for a, a scenario here to blow this game open. That's what we should have done. I mean, just. If, if you look at Chase Anderson, third time through a lineup, also coming up the next inning was Turner, whoever the yeah, two. Yeah, top of the lineup. Yeah, Turner yeah. and Soto. I don't yeah. want Chase Anderson facing those guys again. No, um, no. So, so, yeah, I mean, he it was it was definitely a bad decision, but he did make up for it with a double switch uh, an inning or two later because he knew he needed uh, two innings out of Jose Alvarado because he only came in and faced one batter, but he needed to get through it, so. Um, I thought everything he did post the Chase Anderson at bat was good managing. Uh, we, we do want to give Joe some credit on this podcast, but um, the the Chase Anderson not pinch-hitting Bomer there was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, breaking news, I don't know if you saw this, Joe Girardi just became the first manager to ever double switch after a game was over. Yeah, so did he? he? Made it double- yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's well, pretty- How do you run out of players every game? Like, it's not Little League, Joe. Like, everyone doesn't have to play. Like, again, the doubles, and he got lucky. He got lucky in a couple spots. We, we've seen him get lucky. The lineup card game, like, the fact that they went on to win that game when it almost fell apart because of that moment, like, he got lucky there. Like, he's getting, he got crushed, rightfully so, for it. He's getting crushed that much more if they lose that game. Uh, like you said, I mean, he got lucky with that game. Like, if, if, if things go the other way, if if it's 3-2 and then the Nationals score some more runs and you can't get back in it and you didn't pinch hit Chase Anderson in that spot and you only score three runs and lose, like, Joe Girardi's going to be answering for that, you know? And and I think he's been kind of bailed out a few times with some... I mean, the double... Like, the, the Saturday night game, which we'll get to, but the fact that you empty your bench, you got Scott Kingery in the game at that point, and that game could go deep into extra innings. It didn't. You got lucky they won in the 10th, but, like, man, it just... He just doesn't feel like he has a great feel for to your thing, Jack. National League Baseball, Uh-oh. honestly. Like, and I know it's been a long time, but man, uh, it's like as much as the bullpen decisions and the the starting pitching decisions and stuff we've had questions about along the way. His management of the the double switches, the bench batters, and stuff has been worse. I uh, he, he loves it. He loves double switching. Absolutely loves double switch. More than anyone in the world. Yeah, More I mean, on the planet. Well, it's so funny. Like we went from Charlie, who like didn't know how to double switch, to <laughs> to a guy who's like damn near addicted to it. Like I don't remember. I did. I don't remember Gabe double switching that often. No, 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 no. We're close to this. That's for sure. Yeah, it I mean, feels like he can't take a pitcher out of a game without making a double switch. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. What is it? It's just like it's like Joe, Joe, Joe. Just take the pitcher out. Like, I mean, Relax, yeah. man. I mean, take it easy a little yeah, bit. Here. He did do a good job on Monday with Alvarado because he knew he needed two innings out of Tuesday. him. Or Tuesday, Tuesday. Yes. yes. So he did. He did a good job there. Um, but yeah, it's it doesn't give them that. Like, I would love to know the the outcomes of of how they've worked out so far. I mean, like the, it worked on Tuesday. Uh, worked earlier in the season with Roman Quinn. Um, but I feel like other than that, it's like, oh, this is going to come back to haunt them somewhere. Yeah. More often than not, I feel like it does. Cause like you just did, you, you pulled out the couple good examples you could think of 
because and look, there are sure I'm sure there are a lot of times where it doesn't affect one way or the other that much, but there are definitely examples where, you know, it's it's hurt the team and he's run out of players. Uh, not having and I know you like that specific one, but not having Gene Segura and extras in that Braves game, like multiple things. But um, all right, uh, the only other thing from Friday night or Tuesday night, excuse me, relevant. Yeah. Um, the JT knee thing, it looks like that's fine. Obviously, put on the COVID list with some uh, uh, stomach ache and all that. Like yeah. it seems like JT's fine. Didi's elbow. Yeah. He gets pulled for the game. That, like, I think JT's fine. I'm not too worried. Uh, you know, that that hurts. 100-mile-per-hour ball fouled off your knee. No matter what you're wearing to block it, it's going to hurt. Like, whatever. The DD thing's a little nerve-wracking, man. I mean, it's an elbow. It's a guy who had Tommy John. It's a guy who's already missed games for elbow soreness this season. Where are you at with DD? Yeah, I mean, I'm worried. Because uh, I actually thought he was starting to play better uh, defensively the last couple of weeks. I thought it was kind of shoring him up. Obviously, yeah, that's why when that one game, yeah, the Braves game yeah. was horrendous and Awful, stuff. But yeah. We, yeah, we don't we don't talk about that game. But, yeah, uh, yeah. No, um, no. We've already talked about it far too much. Yeah, uh, but yeah, this is the second. I mean, it's the kind of game that if we were really on our game, we would have pretended didn't happen, but we didn't do that. I could I could not pretend that game happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was there was no no uh, scenario where I was forgetting that game happened. But yeah, um, yeah the the Didi elbow thing. It's just this is <laughs> this is not a good sign. Um, there were 30 some games into the season, uh, uh, the first of a two year deal. Um, now they're lucky, uh, because Maton's come up and he's played like his defense is awesome. Another play today. Uh, he's, start- he's starting to find his stroke a little bit more at the plate. Uh, he was cold there for a little bit, but you know, he's big, he- big, big hit in the, you know, extra inning game. Like that was a massive hit. And he doesn't, yeah. uh, he doesn't feel over like, look, Maton's become what we hoped Kingery would be. Yes. And he doesn't. He doesn't feel afraid at the plate. It doesn't feel like the moment's too big for him. And I think that alone, you know, is is really impressive. Yeah, I mean, he's the most the most clutch Nick to ever play in Philadelphia. But um, <laughs> he's like, you know what, Mayton's like, and a couple of people have tweeted about this, but like he he's like a Cardinals player where it's like he just he just seems like he's a good solid ball player that'll be around forever. We'll get big hits, and um, is just can play everywhere, can play every position. They're 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 trying to work him out as an outfielder. That's probably smart given where they are and given that they want position versatility and he can eventually play left field and all that. But um, yeah, yeah. But they they're lucky because if Didi goes down, Mayton will play a really good shortstop. He hit is 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 picking up his his pace here a little bit. The plate after a couple down games. Um, but overall, no, it's it's not good. And Didi's been very meh at the plate. Um, recently defense is getting a little bit better, but this is the second time he's had to miss games this year because of elbow discomfort. Like that's not, that's not good. That's not good. It's, it's year one of a two-year contract. Like what are, is this going to get better? Is he going to get more healthy? I mean, he, he had Tommy John. Like I, it's, I, I'm very worried about DD. Yeah, me too. Uh, and like you said, offensively, he's, he's got a 630 OPS right now. I mean, he's been bad. He's got like a 266 on base or something like He's been bad. He's had a couple big hits and some some hits with runners on base, but um, yeah, it's it's a concern. Uh, the injury is a massive concern, and then him just getting back to the level we need him at too is is another concern. I, I feel better about that if he's healthy. Obviously, I, I think he, you know, I don't see any reason he would decrease his value as a hitter as much as he had. Now, defensively, that's a different question, especially if the elbow is playing into it and all that, but. Um, yeah, it's it's nerve-wracking. Maton is, is obviously a huge help, but at the same time, it's a, it goes back to that issue of, of roster depth, which we've talked about a lot, which we all know about, but like especially organizationally where it's like, okay, like Nick Maton, like that's a, 
a huge help that you had that guy. But like, if Didi is out for an extended period of time, or if he has to miss a significant portion of games, then like, okay, like then all of a sudden your depth gets that much shorter, that much shorter, that much shorter. So it is a a concern, obviously. Well, on and, multiple levels. and the thing I'm worried about with Didi was if you remember, I think his first year back post Tommy John with the Yankees, like his power was just completely zapped, and like he wasn't driving the ball. And you've kind of seen that recently, where it's a lot of like. Weak fly balls to to left field, which he never hits balls to left field, but they're like weak pop ups. So I feel like he hasn't driven a ball in a while. I think he had one hit against the the the, the Braves that was like smoked, but other than that, like I haven't really seen... since the Grand Slam. It feels like the Grand Slam was the last time he really drove a ball. Nah, well, no, nah, he smoked the balls at the gap against the Braves this weekend. But other than that, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been it's been a while since he's really gotten into one, and I think that does have to do with with the elbow discomfort and. You know, if like if he's having elbow discomfort and it's it's hurting him both on the field and the plate, then just shut him down. Just shut him down. And it's it's a long season. It's one sixty two. Just try to get him right for, you know, the games that you need him and and ride Mayton here for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, no, but they look. They are a top heavy team, as we've talked yeah. about many times, and you need those guys. That's why Boehm, Reese, and we'll get to them. I want to want to ask you about them, but like, so you need those guys to be better. Like this team. The offense needs to be able to carry this team, especially at times. And and we haven't seen that enough. And, it, you know, a game like today, a perfect example. All right. On a Wednesday, which was a thrilling game, uh, one of the most there's no way they win this game. Oh, my God. They actually won it games of the season. Um, just it just felt like a loss. It just felt like a loss. Even when they were up one nothing, like it felt like something was going to happen. Of course, it happened with the Keystone Cops, Philadelphia Phillies defense, one of the all time worst Phillies defense we've ever seen. But they find a way to pull that game out. They get yeah. some big hits in the tenth. Like, what was your kind of overall takeaway from that game? Obviously, that their concerns, but like, that's a game that that not only do they usually lose, but on the road, I feel like they always lose that. Yeah, it, honestly, it, honestly, it reminded me a lot of Saturday night in Atlanta. <laughs> now they didn't blow it. Um, they won, but they won the game. But they won yeah. the game. Like they got the lead late, and they kind of. And it was one of those games where they battled back and. I mean, listen. You saw you saw the nappy, you know, calling games late. I mean, maybe if he was in on Saturday. Uh, not just that. Not just that. Like yeah, first RBI, last RBI, two big hits, one from each side of the plate. Did they pay the wrong catcher? <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. But um, I just hope JT's healthy this weekend because you know, with the DH, that would be a nice spot yeah. to kind of get him back in line. Anyway, go ahead. yeah. Well, I don't. So I don't think he can travel down. With the team, so I don't know. If no, he's not gonna... with the team, but he can meet them down there, right? Yeah, I, I think I think there's no chance he plays tomorrow. But for Saturday and Sunday, I mean, yeah, if he feels better, I mean, he tested negative, so you would hope, right? Right, right. No, you're right. I just I know he can't travel with them, so I I don't know. Um, but or yeah, but he can meet them down there. So moot point by me. But um, yeah, it just felt a lot like Saturday. It felt a lot like um the game in Atlanta. Uh, they had some big moments, some big hits. Obviously, Reese got the big hit. You know, it's weird. Like, Reese is not hitting well, but nope. but he has had some clutch hits this year. He had the he had a double in the Thursday, uh, two Thursdays ago, or last, no, last yeah, Thursday. He had the, the homer, non-homer right. against the, uh, and he obviously had the big in extras. But, but Jack, I mean, let, let's talk Reese, because I wanted to ask you about this. Like, I, he's had some big hits. He, the power, for the most part, obviously, he's cooled off a bit, has been there. Yeah. And we know he's a streaky guy. We know he's going to go through these streaks. But but in the past, even when he was at his worst, 
He's always getting on base. Right. He's got a 284 on base percentage. Like what? Or 288 or something like that. Like something like a hundred points below where he should be minimum. Like what's going on? Well, maybe the, maybe Twitter shouldn't have bullied him into being more aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Like people are so mad that he was seeing a lot of pitches. It's like, what, what are you so mad about? Um, I don't know what's up with Reese. Like, like when we, when we used to get Reese Hoskins hot streaks, it was at least two weeks or three weeks where it'd be like, oh, wow, Reese is do- dope. But this time it was like, I don't know, five games, and, and he's kind of been up and down ever since and and whatnot. I, I don't know what's up with Reese. He's not totally pulling the ball all the time. I mean, he did last night, but he did have a hit earlier, which was to the right yeah, side. the opposite field single the other night that was a big hit, you know? Yeah, I guess I just – I just uh, I don't know how good Reese, Reese Hoskins is. I mean, I, for, I need my first baseman to have at least 30-plus homers. And I don't know. Like, it's just – it never feels like, you know, big impact stuff. Like, the big hit last night, I get it. But he's just got to be better. I mean, he, he's a first baseman. He's been in the league a long time at this point. I mean, he's been up here enough to know – you know, to, to, to kind of know the lay of the land of Major League Baseball. Like, Bohm's obviously going through it. Bohm is, Bohm is in a in a tailspin. You saw how mad he was today. But he's in his second year. Like, I, you kind of expect this. It's like, going to happen. Every, it happens to everybody. Reese is in year four now. I mean, it's like, it's either, he, it's going to happen now or he's, might not be on the team this offseason. Like, like he's got he's to gotta pick it up. Like, he just has to be better. And I love Reese Hoskins. And I think he's good. And I think he's a good team leader. And and I like his presence on the team. His defense is <laughs> brutal. But it's like, dude, just hit the ball. Like, you got to be able to hit the ball. You got to drive the ball. You're the first baseman of the Phillies. Like, like you have to be able to bring in runs. You're betting cleanup today. There's this lineup struggling right now. They have to be carried by Harper, Hoskins, Bohm, and JT. That's the lineup. Those are the four guys that have to step up, and 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 Reese is just going up and down and up and down, and a lot of strikeouts, not not as many walks. It's it's not great. It's it's not great for Reese right now, and and I just need him to pick it up. Like you just you have to be better than a two forty two eighty four whatever slugging. Like that's not that's not Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins needs to be two fifty three eighty. Five whatever. That's yep. that has to be Reese Hoskins' numbers, and we're not getting it. And he just has to be better. He has to be yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially you mentioned, but especially considering what a what a bad. Def- First of all, your first baseman has to be better. Period on any team in any situation, but especially when he's a, a god awful defense, he's a liability defensively. Like your bat needs to bring it, man. Like that's the only. You're slow. You don't do. You don't do anything else well. You do one thing well, and that's hit the baseball. And guess what? That's incredibly valuable. You got to do it. I'm I'm with you, man. And look, I actually think it's kind of an endemic of this lineup. I think uh, like a lineup that is, you know, in the 18, 19 range and runs scored. They're in the 20, 21st in OBP in baseball. They are second in strikeout rate. Jack, they're striking out 27.5% of the time. Yeah. 27% of the time they step to the plate, they strike out. Like, this is a lineup that's hallmarked. These guys, this crew, and obviously it's, it's changed a little bit over the last few years, but it's a group that grinds. We always say, like, if nothing else, they're going to walk, they're going to grind, they're going to have tough at-bats. Like, we're not seeing any of that. Nope. No, it's a lot of it's a lot of just kind of weak at bats and um, not totally locked in and all that stuff. And I, I I guess I just don't know why. Um, like 
I can't tell if it's Joe Dillon. I can't tell if it's Dombrowski wanting them to put the ball and play more, even though it's not working. I mean, they're like Dombrowski talks a lot about like I want my guys to hit the ball uh, the opposite way and you know hit behind runners and and fundamental baseball. Well, it's like that 2018 Red Sox team. We talked. Remember, you and I talked about it on this podcast in the moment. How fun that team was because they did all that yeah. stuff, but. Guess what? They had a bunch of good hitters who could do that stuff. Well, they also had the lowest strikeout rate in baseball. And yes. and and the Astros are always towards the top and that stuff. And like if you look at the if you if you look at the best teams in baseball consistently year in, year out, they are the teams that don't strike out. Like they don't strike out. The Phillies have already struck out a double digits more times this year than the entire 2011 season. Like that's that's ridiculous. We're 36 games into the year, um, dude. I had not seen that stat. That's that's unbelievable. Yeah, as uh, Paul Boyer put that out. So um, wow, yeah. that is that is a stunning statistic. Right. So you know, it's weird because it's weird because I I look at the team right now, and my general feel is I think this is a good team. Like I think the Phillies are good. Um, I think this. I think the first three starters are good. I think the bullpen is good once Archie Bradley's back. Had a scoreless uh, outing last night. Um, I need the offense to be better, but overall, like I look at the team as a whole right now, and I think they're pretty good. Do I think they're world beaters? No. Do I think they're gonna they're, that they're they're a lock to win the division? No. Playoffs? No. But I think there's definitely a better chance. Like the more the more the season goes on, you see the the the, the flaws, you see the holes. Um, center field. I mean, 37's hitting better now. I, I, it, yep. It's it's Ooh, annoying. Like Thirty seven. Yeah. That's good. It's annoying. I'm, I'm using that now. That's my new thing. I'm yeah. With you. Yeah. It's like it's it's so the the conversation just drives me crazy. It's like I'm not happy that that he's doing well. Um. But my like my eyes tell me what the eyes tell me. He's hitting better right now. He's hitting better. And There's he's, absolutely no question and he's, about it. He's, I mean, he's not going anywhere. So whatever. Um. Like it's so funny. He hit the game tying home run last night. And I was like, ah, oh, great. Same, dude. Yeah. I had the exact same reaction. I was yeah. like, ah. Now, here comes all Twitter. Like, Ooh. Okay. Um, okay. But, yeah. yeah, so, so I mean, but you see center field, like, kind of is, is coming around, and, and that's not a totally dreadful position right now. At least offensively. Right. Defensively still. Still, still not great. The bullpen, I think, is good. Chase Anderson's been good. Vinny's been good. It's just, like, the offense has to get going. And, yep. I, and I do – I do trust the track records, I, and, and it's the back of the baseball card and, and all that stuff, and JT's been out these last couple games. Um, but I, I, just, I just trust that that's the thing that I could bank on uh, for, the, for, the, for the rest of the year, and hopefully these guys get going a little bit. Um, but the, the, the strikeout stuff is just it's not good, and it does kind of make you feel worse about the team because like, you, can't be, you can't have the third highest strikeout rate in baseball right now and expect to expect to win games and have good sustainable long-term success for this season. So, um yeah, they just they, they got to figure it out. They got to tougher at bats. They got to grind it out and um I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's Joe Dillon, I don't know if it's Zembrowski with the new thing, and he's changing the approaches and all that stuff, but um they got they got to stop striking out. It's it's yeah. it's the easiest way to get a team out in the playoffs. If we're if we're well, t- Talking oh, playoffs. no yeah. question. Yeah. And also, it's the it's the single thing with this team that could really take them to the next level. I mean, I look at them, and it's funny because you say I look at them, I think they're a good team. I look at them and say I think they're a mediocre team because that's what we've seen. But for a mediocre team that has played not – like the bad defense like is, is to a certain point unfixable, but it played bad sloppy defense. Hey, the sloppy part, that's fixable. Like they have played sloppy defense. They have had – 
three of their most three of their five most important hitters in Reese, Didi, and Bohm, and especially Didi and Bohm all season long, and and Reese for most of the season really struggle. They have had um, you know bullpen issues. They've had a manager who's been way worse than he could possibly be moving forward. I would hope and think like. I look at this team and say they're mediocre, but they're still 20 and 18. And they've been hor- like horrible in this. They don't score guys on base. Like they can't get hits with runners on base. All these things they can change that are like realistic things that could get better. And that gives me hope. Like that's where my hope comes from is they're 2018. They've had a pretty tough schedule to start and they haven't even really played good baseball. Exactly. Exactly. And the and the defensive stuff is crazy. I mean, the, the Odubel Bryce thing last night, it's like, come on, guys. Like, it's embarrassing. Like, come on. It's, it's like we say we say that's embarrassing way too often when talking about the Phillies defense and the, the like way too often. Uh, I know it, it didn't end up, you know, killing them today, but the bone play, it's like, dude, you got to oh. keep that ball in front of you. Like, that's yes. that's that's yes. simple baseball 101. Get ball in front of you. Don't let don't let it get down the line and let runs come home, you know. Uh, all right. Um, uh, boom. We, we talked about him last time. I think it's just, you know, he's a, a sophomore. It's a slump. It's, it, look, he hasn't even played a full major league season yet. So, like, this is expected. It's good. It's how he handles it, how he turns it around. Um, Kingery, I mean, I had it Dude. on my notes to talk about, but like, what's there to talk about? I like, mean, just he, he legitimately might be the worst player I've ever seen. Like, yeah, it's certainly the worst hitter. I, I think he's right there with the worst hitters I've ever – like, let's put it this way. I always use it for pitching where I always – like, the way I always talked about Pedro in 99 being the best pitcher I ever saw was was when I, my team or a team, I was, you know, a team facing him. And, and from their perspective, like, I've never felt so helpless going up against a guy when he's on. You know what I mean? Like, where, like, there's no chance. Right. I've never felt as helpless with a Phillies batter as I do with Scott Kingery. Like, I just – he comes up to plate and I think there's no chance. I hope he gets hit. It's like, oh, like, it's like the kid in Little League. It's like, walks as good as a hit kid. It's like, hey, walk. Can you walk? Please. I know. And he, so. he like, Maton's making up for it like, with, with how good he's been. Um, but he is, like, shockingly bad. Like, yeah. shockingly bad. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. But with Bohm, like, he is, he, he, and I know, okay. well, I know, I know Didi's hurt and, Whatnot. Um, so it's it's tougher to play them, but they they could put they could put Brad Miller at third if they wanted. Um, and be, I mean Miller made some sweet. Miller looked good the other yeah. night. Yeah, he, he made some smooth, nice plays. Way smoother than I expected. Yo, I dude, not, I was thought he's gonna bear, that bear him play. I was like, yo, all right, Brad. Brad all right, dude, I, never makes that play. I like, gotta sweet. be. I gotta be honest, man. I love Brad Miller, and I do think that I think Brad Miller being here and and being that kind of energy guy off the bench, and I know Matt Joyce was. Was been a bit terrible before he got hurt, but I do think he's also a good veteran to have around. I think I think Miller and Joyce are going to be uh, key for for some of these guys going down the stretch right here. But um, like they got to get Miller in the lineup, and I would say I, that's what I said every day. Like he has to play, man. I and, mean, I know it won't be every day, but he deserves it. Like like let him face the righties and let Bone face the lefties. And I know that's sure. a, that's a tough position to put. You know, Alec Bowman, and given how good he was last year, and it's not long term. But the, he has to he has to just sit down and take a breather. I mean, you saw it today. He struck out and he threw his helmet, threw his bat, and he like he's clearly pressing. He's talked multiple times about how he feels like he needs to grow up and stuff. Like it, it feels like this is really grinding on him. And Girardi said uh, Tuesday that, or maybe it was yeah, maybe no Sunday uh, pregame. I think that he's gonna give Alec a couple days. And you know, I just. 
He gave him one day. He right? gave him one day, but 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 Monday was an off day. <laughs> and he's day. still pinch hit. Yeah, and all that stuff. like he needs a breather. He needs a reset. He's gotta he's gotta take a little bit of a step away from baseball at the moment because it's getting into one of those things right now, James, where where professionals talk about baseball is a grind and it's a grind and it's it it'll wear on you and there's a lot of failure and the mentally tough survive in, in baseball and he is going through one of those stretches right now where he's sometimes hitting the ball hard but like i mean today he got a he got a fastball that was 94 in and he damn near hit it into the first base dugout like on a line it's like come on man pull the ball um but he he he's going through it he's clearly pressing it's clearly draining him, and I just I, he needs to take a little bit of a little bit of a breather. I don't know when they get it in, but um, for the time being, I would like to see Brad Miller against righties and Bohm against lefties, and then uh, Girardi will double switch, so it doesn't even matter. But he clearly needs a little bit of time off here to kind of regroup. Yeah, I'm with that, and I think he needs the veteran presence to help him, like you know, like channel his frustration and understand that this is something that, that a lot of players go through. Uh, I'm not worried about him long-term and I think he can get it together this season, but um, you know, he's clearly, clearly struggling right now. So um, hopefully they can get him a chance to kind of get away and get his head straight and all that. All right. Um, coming up in a minute, we get to the take bag, but there's a really important thing going on. And if you love baseball, like we love baseball and you love any level of baseball, um, we need to save LaSalle baseball. Yes. And Jack Fritz had a chance to talk to James Santor, who's the head of the save LaSalle baseball movement and, um, take a listen, uh, and, and, you know, uh, try and help out if you can, because this is an Im- important thing. Like we all love baseball and it's not just major league baseball. It's every level of baseball that contributes to this whole baseball ecosystem that we love. And something like this is important. So, um, Jack had a chance to talk to James Santor about it. We're back here on High Hopes, and I'm excited to bring on uh, James Santor from Save LaSalle Baseball because, I mean, obviously, if you know me and you know uh, we brought on Joe Rayford a little bit ago uh, from, from LaSalle, um, we would love to save local baseball. And you hate to see this happen to, you know, it happened to Temple when I was growing up. And, you know, you just don't want to see these local college programs lost so we're welcoming on James Santor uh, because we are right close to possibly being able to save LaSalle baseball. James, so where do we stand right now? Uh, thanks for having me on, man. It really means a lot. And uh, using your platform to help us out really is uh, appreciated by the whole LaSalle community. And, yeah, we are at a very, it's a very unique spot. I mean, this entire situation has been unique. But right now we're at a point where if we raise you know, around a million dollars, we get a chance to present in front of the entire board of LaSalle. And, of course, we get $2 million. You know, at that point, really, we have an amazing chance to save this team, and we have the backing of the top people on the board and, and really who we need to get to, to bring this program back. And I think it really comes down to financials at this point. I think that's the most frustrating thing about, about the whole situation is that, like, we had we, – we told them in the beginning, if you give us a real number, we could bring this back. We have the support of the people, which I think really at the beginning of this was to make people care about LaSalle baseball. It's how we make people care about a small school in Philly – why this is so important that we bring this team back. And I think they've done that on the field to show us why they need to do that by winning 29 games, being in first place, and really just having this fairy tale season. Um, but now we do have that $1 to $2 million number, and it's pretty realistic. So we have $600,000 of those right now, and we're just trying to be creative and get our word out to as many people as we can. 
Yeah, and that's that's why that's why you're on this podcast, and hopefully, and again, if you're out there um, and you want to get involved, James, what's what's the best way that that someone can get involved with this? Sure, uh, social media is definitely the best way. So you can follow me on Twitter at James Santor, then on Instagram at Sable South Baseball, and a DM, a tweet, whatever it may be, um, shoot us a message. And honestly, the easiest and the best way to share also is just to reshare, retweet, repost. Um, and honestly, tag as many people as possible because it takes one person, takes one tag, uh, and this entire situation changes. So um, other ways to get reach out are santor43yahoo.com. That's my email. And uh, really, anybody that's associated with South Baseball, if you know anybody, please reach out to them, and they can easily get you in contact with me. And And I guess I just want to know, like – you're very passionate about LaSalle baseball. It's admirable and it's awesome. Why, why does LaSalle baseball mean so much to you? And why are you fighting so hard to really bring this program back or keep it going? Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, LaSalle really gave you my chance um, for everything. I mean, I think it's like, obviously it's easy to say baseball is a big thing here, but LaSalle baseball really does give you that full experience that a lot of kids need, especially in this, this high state area. I'm from Jersey. I didn't have many options for college and, my dream was to play Division One baseball, and I had a chance to go be recruited walk on there. And I went to LaSalle, and I became a completely different person in the best way possible. And that's because of what I experienced as a baseball player. And the people I met, the things I learned along the way, the ups and downs, it really has like changed my entire life. And honestly, I said in this blog I wrote the other day, it like saved me. I was a really lost kid and had no idea what I wanted to do in life until I got to LaSalle, until I met the people that are all now my best friends. And there's a lot of kids out there that need that same opportunity. So for me, I'm lucky to still play with a lot of them in the Delco League now. So to be playing with a lot of these kids, to know a lot of these kids, and to see this happen, you know, I think for myself and, and Joe and Kev and everybody else involved with this entire campaign, it's like we need to make sure that these kids have an option, make sure they have an option to become true men, which they do at LaSalle, and to do so in this area because there's just not enough teams to go around for all the talent in the area. So – for us, we just want to have to be a voice for them and support them, and especially right now, highlight their success in the field. And along the way, if we can bring them back to the stand program, we're going to do it. Yeah, I mean, and I echo this, those same thoughts. I mean, being a part of a baseball program is, is a part of being a family. And, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's important for, for growth as, as human beings. And you experienced that at LaSalle. I experienced that at Bloom. Um, and, and hopefully people can get involved because, you, you, again, like there's not many local D1 schools that are still playing baseball. LaSalle is one of them. It, it's, a, it's a, I mean, you guys have 29 wins this year. That is, that is crazy. crazy so uh, it's, it's a really worthwhile cause. The way that you talk about it is so, it's so great. And uh, James, I just can't thank you enough. And, and hopefully, our listeners and and we can all get involved and, and help save South baseball. Thank you so much, man. And again, we can get as creative as we need to. So, whether it be a donation, whether it's being sharing things out, whether it's getting corporate corporate corporations involved, uh, we're trying to utilize the field and monetize the field as well. So, let's get creative. If you have any ideas to help us out, please reach out. And again, anything that you can do to help really means a lot to myself and everybody associated with this. So, thank you again for having me on. It means a lot and. Uh, Save us out baseball. All right. James, thanks so much, man. All right, man. Thank you very much. Awesome stuff, Jack. Um, just, uh, you know, we love baseball. Let's, yeah. let's save some baseball. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll eventually get over that they didn't recruit me in high school. And it's probably a good decision given that I was, was out <laughs> after two years. Um, but, yeah, yeah. it's It, it would be, it'd be the, those guys are really passionate about it. And ultimately, like, 
If LaSalle's gone, then the only D1 programs in Philly, because Temple's out, because Temple, uh, long story about that recruiting process for me, still not even over it. But, uh, <laughs> like, not even close to being over it. But, um, yeah, Temple's gone. LaSalle could be gone. Drexel doesn't have a program. They're, they're a club baseball team. It's really only Penn. Um, I forget. What are, uh, Nova, uh, even though they're not really Philly school, everyone knows that. Uh, but yeah, it's really only two, two or three left in the city. So, um, Division One baseball is a lot of fun. the The Explorers are hot. I think they have twenty nine wins this year. So, um, yeah, just help out if you can. Obviously, we know it's been a pandemic, and we know that um, you know money's tight. But it would, uh, if you can help out, help out. All right, take bag. All righty, let's get to the take bag. Um, I know he pitched well today. But like, I'm so glad they didn't sign Patrick Corbin. Just, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, 140 million dollars. Now, look. To be fair, I mean, we're not them, and they won a World Series in part because of him. So, like, the should they have signed him? Should they not? Is a different discussion. But as far as we go, I'm really happy they didn't sign Patrick Corbin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the world. First off, if he signed here, they're not closer to winning World Series. I mean, he would. No, have, I know that's my point. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. it's like a different equation no, for us and them. It's a lot of money they're still paying him. Um, <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. for a lot more years. So. Yeah. Um, but that was a funny day, though. Remember the 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 photo leak? I do, Matt. Yeah, yeah. The the scoreboard, the yep. whole thing. Yeah. Um, it was nice having Nappy behind there for a couple straight games. I so I, yeah. So I texted Jack that I, I blame him for Romito getting hurt. All oh, right. Um, you put that out there. It's on you. Yeah. Well. Listen, <laughs> if Eflin didn't miss two spots today, it would have been another dominant nappy performance. Yeah. Uh, I almost welled up thinking about a full Citizens Bank Park again. I mean, it's it's almost here. Uh, the city announced today, what, or the Phillies announced today, June 12th, 100% capacity. Um, we're so close to Rally Tiles. Like, I need this team to stay in it for the Rally Tiles. Like, for whatever, you know, we all want playoff baseball. I need Rally Tiles. I need the... I need the it's it's the, the thing that I think about most wistfully from the run is a full sold out Citizens Bank Park with the rally towels. I need it back in my life. Let's figure it out. Yeah, it's the best news of the day by far. The best news of the week. Like we obviously we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, but um, I I said to you and I I honestly didn't think empty stadiums would be that big a deal to me watching a baseball game, watching a Phillies game, because it's, you know, there are a lot of stadiums that don't have a ton of people in them across the course of a summer. And I hated it. Like, I hated it more than anything else. I expected to hate the second, the runner on second rule more. I expected to hate seven inning doubleheaders. Loved both of those. Absolutely hated empty stadiums. It's awesome. It's awesome to have people back. I mean, the fact that you said you like seven inning doubleheaders is embarrassing. I'm fine with them. The point is, I'm fine with them. Like, I, no, I, I no, wouldn't say like no, they're my favorite no. thing ever, but like, dude, I know, I do. They are nice. I'm, a, I, I, you know, I dude, got a kid. Dude, Time I know. I know Zoe's into the Mickey Mouse stuff, but if you could keep your Mickey Mouse love of things away from our baseball program, that'd be great. Because um, <laughs> it's out of hand. Which begs the question, James, if we're getting. We're getting full capacity back to Bank Park. I mean, oh, I mean, oh, I think I know where you're going with this. I mean, are we gonna have to organize a high hopes night? Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Beers and right, Jetro. Let, yeah, let us know if you're in. If well, you're listen, not- people are gonna be in on a high hopes night. I mean, let's, <laughs> let's be serious. 
All right, so should we do I hope site? I mean, in August, it'll be even more open, you would think, like, as more people get vaccinated. And... I'm in. You don't have to convince me. Let's oh, pick listen. a day and let's make it happen. And 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 this is going to be on you and everyone involved if we do this again. Got to watch the beer intake for me. It was a little too. Yeah, too, don't let you drink those fifteen percent. Little again. too bombed last time. It was a great oh, time. I remember. I, was I remember. Lo- See, I was, I was, very I was not up. too bombed, so I remember how bombed you were. Yeah, so it worked out. Well, I was just excited to be there. Uh, it was the best, honestly. It's, it is my favorite. The, this podcast is my favorite. You know it. I love it. It's just in my heart. I love this podcast. I love the listener stuff. It's my favorite thing we've ever done. It was my favorite. Um, just to to meet so many awesome people who listened to this podcast and took the time to go and buy a ticket to a Phillies game to come hang out and watch a Phillies game with us. It was like like one of my great nights. So that was let's definitely do it again. Yeah. And eventually I personally want to do a like a minor league road trip where we go from Reading to Lehigh you know, Valley to the You're yeah. not really a minor league guy. That's surprising. Speaking I'm, of the I'm minor leagues. Speaking of the minor leagues, we got some Players going off, it makes me giddy. And I want to talk about Baron Radcliffe because I am I am smitten when I when I think about Baron Radcliffe. This dude hits absolute tanks. His first two games, two homers. I mean, and they're like no doubters too. Like I'm talking, we're talking about like throwing it back to the big piece. I mean, like legitimate. Like we talked we talked last podcast about how no one on this team mashes. Like, no one on this team will just hit 1450 and be like, bang. Baron Radcliffe, I already can't. Like, I talk about I can't wait for players' debuts all the time. I can't wait for Baron Radcliffe's debut. Oh, I love, you've got me sold him in. Dude, he's, he's amazing. Masher. I'm telling Let's you, go. mate. He's, he's, he had the highest exit low at driveline uh, in their history, I think, um, wow. over, over the summer. Like, the guy hits the ball freaking hard, and uh, he was a steal of a draft pick. And we're not going to mention Carson Ragsdale and how good he looks, but um, yeah, he's he's incredible, Baron Ratcliffe. I can't wait. I, I love it. I I'm, can't wait. I'm fully in. You you sold me. I already in, can't. In, I already can't wait for the the power numbers at Reading. Like it's I love. It's a great name. It's a, he sounds like you should be in like a uh, 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 Emily Dickinson novel or something like that. I already can't wait for the 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 forty homers at Reading thing, where which happens like every five years. Like it start like the ha- Howard was the first one, and then it was rough, and then it was Cousins and Hoskins. Cousins and, yeah, yeah. And I already can't wait for the Baron Ratcliffe forty homer show in Reading. Um, Luke Williams, who like raked in spring training, is like batting five hundred for the Iron Picks, which is amazing. And it's like the, the, the Mayton and Luke Williams are the, already my uh, my my bench for the next decade. I mean, he, Luke Williams. Love it. Luke Williams is a righty. Um, Mayton's obviously a lefty. So it's, it's it's all working out perfectly for my future bench. Um, Christopher Sanchez is nasty. I don't know when he's going to get up here, but he's 94-96 with a white bass slider. Um, he looks good for Ed AAA. And I thought that Dennis Medina actually looked pretty good. But he he always frustrates me because he should be better. But whatever. Um, Johan Rojas hit a dinger. And every Johan Rojas like thing he does well like just makes me well up almost inside because he's <laughs> like he's just he's, I already said he's Arakuni and Soto Soto um, he is so electric he plays elite center field he tries to swing too hard and does too much but 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 when he gets it together I'm telling you that guy's gonna be an absolute superstar and I can't wait for him um, and finally uh, Bryson Stott has an OPS over a thousand. 
Um, and well, that's huge. We we might need him sooner than we thought. Yeah, I mean, I'm so sick of him playing in high A. Like, get him off the double A. Yeah, He's it's 24. so dumb. Like, yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah, he's older than Mickey. And Mick, oh, happy birthday, Mickey Moniac, 23rd birthday today. Hashtag Why Not oh, Mick. Oh, happy birthday, Mick, our favorite, yes. our guy. And who knew a, a birthday so close to Jim Nance? What a what yes. a treat for Mick. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Still our center fielder. Oh yeah, forever our only center fielder. Yep, that's it. Yep. Yeah. That's all I got. Uh, that was good stuff, Jack. Uh, oh, the, has the MILB subscription come in handy? Dude, it's been great. It's been great. We've been listening, okay. we've been listening to our good friend, Pat McCarthy. Um, so that's been good. And every night uh, I get an email re- recap from uh, Steve Potter, who like follows minor league baseball so well for the Phillies. It's crazy. Um, but I, he sends like a he sends like an email recap at like 11 every night. And I just sit there and I just like I'm just – thinking wistfully about like the least surprising thing dude i i I, because i dm'd i'm like dude i get giddy reading your like kevin gowdy's even showing signs remember kevin gowdy of course i remember kevin yeah yeah might might be the steal of the draft many are saying so um (laughs) (laughs) so it's good to be back man i miss my baseball that 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 feels like the note to get out of your own shout out to pat mccarthy but the kevin gowdy Um, kevin gowdy might be the steal of the 2016 draft i think that's it i think we've uh you think it's a little too far this episode has jumped the shark we've reached the point yes there's there's always a moment james there's always a moment and i i appreciate that you know when to end this podcast and i i I just like I like to know that Kevin Gowdy, the Kevin Gowdy comment was the one that in this podcast. It was the one. We'll be back on Monday, off day Monday. Well, wow, uh, I mean, Sunday's a one o'clock game. It might be, it might be doing a Sunday night. Oh, we might be Sunday night. Great point. Sunday night or Monday, unless the Blue Jays sweep. Yes. Then no promises. No, we like don't. We don't do promises. podcasts when they play bad. Only when they play well. Or, 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 or if if Aaron Radcliffe hits another home run, we might do a podcast. Yes. All right. You got any final thoughts? Um, go buy some high hops. Enjoy some Phil's baseball. Big series down in 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 uh, Dunedin. Um, yeah, Tor- it, Toronto. Well, and it's so stupid with the uh, it's a seven thirty. It's a seven thirty seven start because they uh, yeah, because that's what they do in Toronto. It's so stupid. It's like, come on, you're acknowledge where you are. No, I thought it was a, no. I think it's because the sun down there, like the sun. is that what. It is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sun would oh, be right in like the third base and oh, left field eyes. On. Yes. Oh my god. Well, that's even better. That's even better. Um, nice to have the DH this weekend. We get back to Ugh. real baseball. Ugh. I'm looking forward to that. Marty's. I hope, I hope they get. I hope looking, they get swept. Yeah. Looking forward to the DH. Save LaSalle baseball. He's Fritz himself. We'll see you later.